0: Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Welcome once again to the Pat Williams
1: Saturday Power Hour. Uh, You're listening to the new 94.9 FM and AM nine fifty W T L N. We uh, uh do this show every weekend, and uh Alan Dempsey really is the one who gets us on the air. Uh does a beautiful job of engineering. Uh Andrew Herdliska is the producer. And uh, we're we're heading right to Nashville, Tennessee, and that's where Krista Black Gifford resides. Uh her book is out, it's called Heart Made Whole. Uh, Krista, thanks for joining me, and I'm uh, looking forward to our visit.
2: Thank you for having me. It's an honor.
1: Uh, Zonderman is the publisher. Uh, Tell me uh, uh, the background on this book. How did it come about?
2: Well, this book is not the kind of book that you ever are excited about writing because it is your journey through the most painful moments of your life. Two years ago, in March 2014, I gave birth to a beautiful little girl named Luca Gold. We called her Goldie. And we were unaware that she had a condition called anencephaly where she was born without her brain and the top of her Mm. skull. Mm. And in Mm. that moment of my life, when my heart, my mama's heart, naturally shattered into millions of pieces, um, I chose to do something different than I had the majority of my life. When my, my abuse, I was, you know, I had a great family, but sexual abuse was in my childhood and a lot of rejection, trauma. And when pain would happen, I would, I'd go through a trial and I'd immediately put God on trial. And this time I chose to do something very different. I chose to run towards my broken heart and I found that the relationship with the comforter and the healer and everything that he says he is, I found that relationship that I always wanted right in the middle of my deepest pain.
1: Krista Black-Gifford, the author of Heart Made Whole. Uh, By the way, uh, I do want to talk about your children because uh, these are the most fascinating names uh, for (laughs) children I've ever heard of in my life. Uh, so we, we went all out. <laughs> so we've got Moses Gray Lionheart.
2: Yes, we do. Holy and cow. He's, I know. He can't be anything but a world changer with a name like Moses Gray Lionheart.
1: <laughs> Gifford. Moses yes. Gray Lionheart Gifford. And yes. And how old is he?
2: He's four and a half. The half is very important to a four-year-old, so four oh, and yes.
1: a half. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Luca Gold is in heaven.
2: Luca Gold, our little Goldie, is in heaven. And then we have a birdie, James, and she's 16 months old. Our little bird. So we have a lion and a bird. And then I am bursting at the seams right now. I'm 36 weeks pregnant with wow. our fourth right now. So let's just pray I don't go into labor while I'm talking to
1: you. Good for you. How <laughs> about that? How, and, and do that? We, do we, is it a boy or girl?
2: It's another girl, double portion, I know. How I've got my that. I've got my little tribe of girls happening here.
1: Yeah, good for you. And do we have a name?
2: Well, we're, we thought we did. And now that I, the more I've been feeling her and praying and connecting to her, I'm not sure that we do. So we'll just wait to see her and see what comes out.
1: <laughs> well, good for you. Good for you. Well, let's dive into the meat of this book. Chapter one is called The Broken Heart. Um, is there more to cover there? Uh, you filled us in on the, the baby, uh, anything more to talk about there?
2: Well, I think, you know, when we think about the broken heart, we think about these massive things that have happened in our lives. And, and yes, all of us have had some sort of trauma, but I go into this in chapter one about the different kinds of traumas that we endure. And you know, the trauma, there's trauma, a trauma B trauma B are the things like the, the death, the divorce, the abuse, the tornadoes, are the things that you expect to smash up your heart. But, you know, I find it interesting. There's, there's also trauma A, and that is the absence of everything that your heart should have received and didn't. So if you were crying and hurting and your parent didn't have time for you because they were too busy, that absence of the nurture that you should have received can be just as detrimental to the heart over the course of, of time. And so I have a lot of people who follow me in my journey and I don't understand, Krista, why do I have this eating disorder or why do I have this sexual addiction or, you know, I had a great childhood. And yet the heart heart pain doesn't go away on its own. It has to be tended to with, with time and intentionality and, and approached very delicately. And so this chapter really addresses um, all the kinds of brokenness that we go through that, you know, if we just leave it unchecked, it, it manifests in all sorts of different ways throughout the course of our lives. So I really want to teach every kind of reader. You don't have to have gone through infant death. You can have had a great childhood, but at some point your heart was broken because you were raised in a family. (laughs) So just kind of putting some context that all of our hearts have been broken. And so how do we get them to a place of healing?
1: Uh, Second topic I want you to talk about is called managing trauma.
2: Right, the trauma that I talked about, the A's and the B's, the absence or the things that happen, you know trauma lodges in your, in you three ways: it lodges cognitively in your thought, it lodges emotionally, and it lodges physically down to the physical realm, down to the cellular level and so um, trauma, like I said, when that pain comes, and this is what I found fine with a lot of believers. You know, I, I got saved on the trampoline at age three. My dad's a preacher, was raised in church, but that didn't reboot my memory of all the things that my heart was still holding on to that caused me pain. And that those traumas of the sexual abuse outside of the home, of the rejection, of the fear, of all of those things, they still lodged in my heart. When I said yes to Jesus, he didn't just shove all those hurts to the side. The purpose of salvation was to have this uh, beautiful healing team, the healing team of the universe to move inside and actually begin working with me to take more inner ground and to, to love those traumas into a place of wholeness. And, you know, a lot of times as Christians, we feel guilty if we're still struggling. You know, I know a lot of people, I did, I was Touring the world with Michael W. Smith, leading worship with thousands of people going, why am I getting on the tour bus binging every night? Well, it was because my heart, those wounded places in my heart were trying to get my attention, going the more you ignore these things, the more they're going to cry out in the the realm of compulsion and addiction because pain always needs to be numbed.
1: Well, let's move on. Uh, Krista Black Gifford is with us. Uh, How about the doubting heart? We've covered the broken heart, managing trauma. Now the doubting heart. What does that mean?
2: Well, I, and it's it's funny. I wrote this back in June. I'm like, okay, what is the doubting heart chapter about? <laughs> I wish I had the book in front of me right now. Um, but for me, it was very important in my journey and I think I go into this, I'm just going to tackle chapters three and four right now, because I go into a lot of my relationship, my honest relationship with God in these two chapters. Um, you know, when traumas came in, and I wasn't given answers for them, it was kind of like, you know, no, God is good. Just quote, God is good. And, and that's sometimes what we do. We quote Romans 8, like, okay, he's going to bring something good out of this. But we don't really address the fact that We've got anger. Like, God, why, why was this allowed to happen to me? Am I allowed to ask these kind of questions for you? And so in the book, I discuss the dire importance of my intimacy with God, of me getting really honest. And in these chapters, I mean, I'm, I'm screaming at him, telling him how much I hate him for not protecting me as a little girl and how painful it was. And it was so funny because I always thought, oh, gosh, I'm going to get struck by lightning If I tell God how I really feel, but the exact opposite is actually true because he already knows that you feel that way, you might as well put it on the table so you can actually start the dialogue and move towards relationship as opposed to denial. And so the doubts in my heart, you know, as somebody in full-time ministry, as a preacher's kid, as somebody who had this Christian resume that looked awesome, it was so crucial to me moving towards connection and relationship for me going hey, I really don't trust you in this area. Can we talk about that? And putting it all on the table and being very relational about it. And Jesus showed me, I can handle all of you.
1: My guest is Krista Black Gifford. We're talking about her book, Heart Made Whole. Stay with us because we've got more uh, right here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, uh, the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN.
0: More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN
4: new at the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN, Addison's Walk. Saturday afternoons at 4.
0: Welcome to Addison's Walk. This is Michael Phillips. I am the headmaster of Smith Prep and I am the host of Addison's Walk. We are right now in the process of introducing the subject of what is the church. A few questions that are as important as this one. It's going to be a lively discussion. I'm excited about it. All new
4: Saturday afternoons at 4. Addison's Walk. Only on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Addison's Walk is a ministry of the smith prep education foundation this christmas season thompson jewelers wants to remind you that you can turn your old gold jewelry into christmas cash remember wtln listeners get 10 percent more for their gold only at thompson jewelers in orlando and st cloud what's new at the new 94.9 fm and a 950 wtln addison's walk saturday afternoons at four Addison's Walk, only on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950, WTLN. Addison's Walk is a ministry of the Smith Prep Education Foundation.
0: You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950, WTLN. And now, here's Pat.
1: Krista Black-Gifford is our guest. We're talking about her book, Heart Made Whole. Uh, Krista, talk to us about the undivided heart that's uh, that's topic number five
2: well scripture says we all know the verse we've heard it in Ezekiel God give me an undivided heart and which proves that your heart can actually be divided it you know it can be in a divided state what that means for me I go into some of the components in the heart um, that I've learned and and how you know for many many years the emotional component of my heart was at war with the part of my heart that made all the decisions to function in life, and I, my, my function heart, the the one that says, you know, in Proverbs twenty three seven, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, or Proverbs four twenty three. You know, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So every decision you make, everything that comes out of you actually stems and originates inside of your heart. So I always say the condition of your heart determines the condition of your life. And for years, I lived completely illiterate of my biblical heart as a believer. I had no idea what my heart is. And yet, if you go and look at Scripture, look at the first commandment in Matthew. Love the Lord God, not with all your works, not with all your theology, not with all your thinking, but with your heart. And I didn't even know what my biblical heart was. So in this heart, this, this you know, this place that God's given me to govern my life, I I, I travel a lot, I speak a lot, and I think the number one thing that I see that, that breaks me the most is the amount of Christians that are living in shame. The amount of Christians that have shamed their emotions, the amount of Christians that are taught don't trust your negative emotions they're they're evil. They're bad. And yet every emotion that comes out of me is valid to a point because it, it it actually points to my wound. So, for instance, the other day, you know, I'm pregnant and I'm at the airport and I see a sign that says, hey, Zika virus is real. And I've lost a child to anencephaly. So I instantly have a fear that comes out of my heart. Now, old Krista would have gone God has not given me a spirit of fear. I would beat myself black and blue with scripture. You know, I start quoting it myself. But new Krista goes, oh man, the trauma of losing a child absolutely produces fear. This is a place of my heart that actually, if I am at war with it and I deny its existence, I deny what's coming out of me, I'm actually going to miss an opportunity to, to connect with the divine healer who lives inside. The new Krista goes, oh yeah, the spirit portion of my heart has no fear, but the soul portion has known death. And so, healer, I invite you into this place because First John 4:19 says, perfect love casts out fear. I can't get rid of my fear. I mean, I've been traumatized by death in a fallen world, but I can invite a relationship with perfect love into that wound, into that place of brokenness, and He casts out the fear while I rest in the promise. So this this chapter is a whole lot about learning how to take a lot of the things that come out of us, and I talk about this in the next chapters, the languages of the heart, but, but taking all of the things that come out of us and use them to point back in to connecting with the healing team who lives on the inside.
1: Now, uh, Chris, I want you to talk about the languages of the heart.
2: This is my favorite chapter. I love this chapter.
1: (laughs) why, why, Why?
2: I love because I think people ignore themselves. Every day your heart is screaming at you through your thoughts, your crazy thoughts, through your crazy words, through your crazy emotions, and through your crazy actions. All of the things that we think we need to change for God. He's going, no, 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 no. There is a root. There's a reason why in First Samuel 16, God says, hey, remember, you guys look at the outward appearance. You look at the symptoms. You look at the words coming out, the actions coming out. I look at what's behind them. I look at the root. I get to the root of all 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 humans. Uh, you know that verse in Jeremiah seventeen: the heart is deceitful above all things, and we use that as an excuse. I knew it. Cut it off. But you got to go on. Where he goes, God goes. But I, God, I see the root. I get to the the, the root of all things, the reason behind. So what I like to do every day. And I meditate a lot because it is a biblical concept that I'm trying to teach. The church is not new age. I just released a 10 day course on biblical meditation. I love to meditate. I go into my heart. So if I have a crazy thought and uh, a fearful thought about, you know, I'm, I'm 35 weeks pregnant. My last pregnancy, I had my daughter nine weeks early. So if fear comes out of Mm. me in the form of thinking, What I love to do is go, great, I have a crazy thought. My heart is speaking to me in a language because Proverbs says the heart thinks. So I go, okay, heart, what are you trying to say to me through this crazy thought? And instantly I trace it back in. I connect internally. To a real person, not a scripture, not a verse, he's the living word, his name is Jesus, he lives on the inside of me, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, I can go in and talk to the counselor at any time. Mm. So I go in, I go, where is the root of this thought? Because I can't beat my head into submission to change. But I can have an encounter and an experience with you right now that can actually show me how to change my thinking. And I do it all the time. The emotions that come out of me, the, uh, you know, I talk about the language of thoughts, the language of emotions, the language of words. The other day there was a guy in front of me and he was not driving like I wanted him to. And, you know, I'm laying on the horn going, come on, dude. And all of a sudden I went, oh, great. There's negative speech coming out of me. I am not being kind. Heart, what are you trying to tell me? And I go back in with the Holy Spirit. You know, what Holy Spirit said, he said, oh, Christy, you don't have grace for him when he makes mistakes because you still don't have grace for yourself when you, don't, when you make mistakes. Or, oh, great. Let's get to the root. I haven't forgiven myself for being imperfect. <laughs> you know, so we use the language of our heart and listen to ourselves without condemnation and shame to trace it back in and connect with
1: spirit. My guest is Krista Black-Gifford, and uh, she's in Nashville, Tennessee. We're talking about her book, Heart Made Whole. Um, and, and she has a husband, uh, Lucas Gifford. What does Lucas Gifford think of you, Krista?
2: Lucas Gifford thinks I hung the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that he hung the moon. We are... Almost, I guess we're nine and a half years in, mm-hmm. went through a bunch of rough, rocky patches, like a lot of people do at year five, where all of your issues come to the surface. I wish people would put a warning label on marriage to go, hey, this is going to make you into the best version of yourself, but realize that all of your ugly is going to come out at some point. <laughs> so we've gotten through those patches, and we are more in love, I think, than we have ever been and uh, have made it through a lot of fires. And are closer because of it.
1: Now, I want you to teach us about the naked heart. That's topic number seven.
2: Uh, the naked heart. Well, I do. Um, I do a, a, a talk about uh, being naked before love. It's and and kind of Adam and Eve. I mean, think about Adam and Eve in the garden. How they lived completely naked and exposed. Everything was exposed to this relationship of love, and it really is how we were created to live. And when their eyes were opened and they looked down, when they looked down, I always found it interesting, you know, why didn't they go, oh, Adam, your knees are so shameful. Here comes God, cover them. Or, gosh, we've got to cover up our eyes. They're so shameful. And And then the more I thought about and meditated on the loins and studied, the loins are the place where intimacy and oneness happen that actually creates life. So when we cover ourselves in shame in any way, if there's anything, I mean, my past is because of my sexual abuse, you talk about a lot of sexual dysfunction over the years, even as a Christian. And there was so much shame involved in those wounds manifesting in my life. And I knew I, my first book, God Loves Ugly is all about my eating disorder and kind of bringing that into the light. And, um, you will never, ever be healed as long as you're in shame. You can't. You have to expose the shame of what you think cannot be love. You have to expose it to love and let that love come in. So one of my favorite stories in this chapter is when the day my husband caught me binging on food with an eating disorder. We were newly married and I was freaking out because I'd quit touring with Michael W. Smith and we were on the ramen noodle budget and my head started going crazy. So I'm in the the kitchen and I'm inhaling food, binging, you know, trying to feel in control of something when my life felt out of control. And my husband, I heard him right behind me and he was watching me and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to turn around and he's going to be disgusted at me like I am. And he's going to hate me. And he had this goofy grin on his face and he was looking at me like he was looking at me the day we got married. And he said, baby, if you need to binge, I'm gonna binge with you because I don't want you to have to do this alone anymore.
1: What were you binging? <laughs> what were you binging on, Krista? Uh,
2: oh, all the twenty-five cent ramen noodles that we could afford.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. It wasn't ice cream, and uh,
2: I-, I wish we couldn't afford ice cream. No. no, I was just inhaling. You know, eating disorders are all about control. You can't control your emotions, so you're trying to control an external, and you feel powerful for a moment. But that moment where he saw me in the thing that I thought, this is so shameful. Nobody will love me when I do this. See, he was like Jesus. Jesus crawls down in the midst of your pornography addiction, in the midst of your anger issue, in the midst of your your disorder, your, your compulsion, your addiction. He goes, I see you. And my love is the thing that's going to change you. But you've got to turn to me. And so the Naked Heart is about living your life exposed, taking off, removing those barriers of shame, those fig leaves, and exposing ourselves to the intimacy we need so that we can produce life.
1: Now I want you to talk about your heart-brain connection.
2: Well, I, I love how science has, you know, progressed to where we can read, oh yeah, this is why Scripture tells us to think this way, because... Scientifically, this is what is released in the body whenever you think this way, whenever you think whatever things are lovely, whatever things are pure. And so uh, this – I'm not a neuroscientist. I am definitely a words girl musician. But I did some research, and I love – the the part about this that I love is the baby brain science and how when a baby is in attachment mode with the mother specifically – they have a signal that goes back and forth with their eyes it's in a sixth of a second, this signal from left eye to left eye, and the baby knows, you are glad to be with me. And it builds their prefrontal cortex, which is their emotion center at the front of your brain. And babies who have attachment and who have bigger prefrontal cortex and more developed for capacity for joy, they're less prone to addictions, they're less prone to depression. Now, for those of you freaking out because you had not great mothers or you didn't have a mother or you don't have a, you know you've got problems with attachment. Here's what I love, and this is what I teach people to do: if staring in the eyes of your parent could help build your brain capacity for attachment, connection, and love, then what happens when you look in the eyes of Jesus? And I believe Dr. Mitsu of the Mayo Clinic, he has this little cartoon online, and it shows that when you are imagining something. The same chemicals are released into your body as if it were actually happening. So when I read Scripture, I don't read Scripture anymore just as a cerebral concept. I read Revelation 4, I'm like, well, this is what the throne room looks like. I'm going to go there and I'm going to look at it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to imagine, because if my brain can't tell the difference, between what's actually happening and what I'm imagining. I'm imagining the living Word in every cell of my being. And I teach people who've had trauma and attachment problems how to go in and connect to the face of Jesus, connect to Scripture where you can see it, and it actually rewires you for love and intimacy and connection.
1: And now we've got about one minute, Krista, to do the wrap-up or the last uh, chapter, a heart made whole. Uh, can you do that in sixty seconds?
2: Yeah, this last chapter is just the icing on the cake, where I talk about um, when my my Goldie died, and I um, I looked at her death. I looked at death in my arms. I closed my eyes, and I'm a songwriter. I wrote a song called "One Thing Remains" with some friends several years ago, and just remember looking up and going and death in death and life. I'm confident. For the first time, I'm confident and I'm covered by the power of your great love. And I chose in that moment to connect to God, to keep my broken heart connecting to God, knowing if I didn't, I was toast. But as long as I kept myself connected to Him, I had permission to grieve. I had permission to be angry. I had permission to heal. And because I did, all of that trauma has released from my physical body and I am free from the trauma of that moment. Now,
1: Krista Black-Gifford has been our guest, heart made whole. Uh, We've got more right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Uh, This is the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Stay
0: with us. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Join Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, as he opens God's Word every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. If you missed the Sunday broadcast, you can listen and study along with Dr. Jordan 24-7 at WTLN.com by clicking on the podcast tab and then Riches of Grace. Riches of Grace, a service of Grace Impact Ministries at graceimpact.org. 5.30 Sunday on the new 94.9 9FM and AM 950 WTLN
2: and grandparents. How is your child's math grade? If it isn't what it should be, then change it. At the Mathnasium at Hunt Club in Apopka, their proven math tutoring methods can help any student. Wait, it gets better. We have a limited number of half-price math tutoring vouchers. No catch? No kidding. Call 407-618-1760 to find out more. Call 407-618-1760 now to get your half-price math tutoring voucher. Call 407- 618-1760 now.
1: I hope you think of Thompson Jewelers when you wish to make a jewelry purchase. You can't go wrong purchasing jewelry from us. However, we have another very important function. We're buying old gold, sterling silver, and platinum regardless of the condition, broken or not. Do you have old jewelry you no longer use and no one in your family wants it? Sell it to us. We're paying top dollar. Also, we will consider the value of most, including gems, because we are anxious to buy diamonds. Most diamonds of half carat and up bring high prices. We recently paid fifteen thousand dollars for a two and three quarter carat diamond and thousands of dollars for a two carat diamond. It would be a shame if you left your jewelry in a drawer doing nothing for you. If you'd rather have money, see Thompson Jewelers in Orlando and St. Cloud. By the way, if you tell us you heard this on WTLN, we'll add a ten percent to our offer for the gold
0: and silver. You can't miss You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Krista Black-Gifford, our guest
1: in that first half hour uh, from Nashville. Uh, Gil Odendahl is in Baltimore, vice president of Integral Mission at World Relief. And uh, we're going to talk about his book, Standing with the Vulnerable. IVP Connect put the book out. and. Uh, Gil, very, very nice of you to join me. How you doing?
5: Doing very well, thank you. Uh,
1: tell me about this book, Standing with the Vulnerable, a curriculum for transforming lives and communities. Uh, quite a title. I'm, I'm eager to hear about it.
5: Yes, well, um, this is a version we rewrote for the audience here in the United States, more and for English-speaking folks. Uh, It originated on four continents, and uh, the heart of it, as you can see on the cover, is what we say our tree curriculum, as well as the hand. It's the deep belief we have that change takes place as people get in touch with their own beliefs, which influence their values, that result in behavioral changes, and, of course, the fruit. So the whole thesis is that uh, as you have a tree with roots, the roots represent our beliefs, while the trunk represents our values. And then the branches, our behaviors, and then the fruit will be the fruit.
1: Gil, why is it so important uh, to dig into and study the topic of the vulnerable?
5: Well, I... Uh, I think that the key reason for me is because God's Word is so clear that He cares deeply for the vulnerable. Uh, all through Scripture, whether it's referring to the stranger, which is also the a person that may be new in the community, uh, whether it is widows, whether it is uh, women who are disempowered, whether it's children, God cares for them. And He exhorts us to have a voice for those who do not speak. And the Church can do that. The Church simply... Uh, can speak out for those who do not have a voice, and this book is an attempt to help in just that task.
1: Talk to me about the um, change theory that emphasizes the interconnectedness of beliefs, values, behaviors, outcomes, results. Can you can you uh, outline and tell us what that means? Uh,
5: yes, I can. Uh, um, all through the book, we use real life stories. Uh, it's a composite, a story of a couple that they've experienced uh, in a global south setting. And how, as their beliefs begin to change, first of all, I think uh, it's belief in God, but also believe in yourself. And uh, these beliefs uh, are not necessarily religious beliefs, but what I see as reality. And as these beliefs change, then values change. Let me give an example. Uh, When my children were younger, I used to say my family are very important to me. I believe in that, you know. That was my belief. And I'll never forget when I stepped into my office once and on my desk was my eight-year-old left a little note and said, Dad, can you spend some time with me again? Now, even today, some 25 years later, I still have that little note because it shook me to my core. Mm. Because what I realized is I said, I believed something, but my behaviors were different. I said, I believe my children are important. But when you look at my values, what I value and my values are reflected by my daily program, my calendar, they were not on it. So there's a direct relationship. It's one thing to say I believe something, but do I really value it? And once I began to value that, that's when I became a, a, a regular attender at T-ball games, in spite of other more, but, but some would consider more important meetings. It's, and so as those beliefs change, the values change, your behaviors change, and then the fruit change. I think often uh, when it comes to poverty alleviation, uh, people think, well, we can just change the fruit. And one example I like to use is I can go to a tree and taste an apple and it's a bitter apple, you know, and I say, wow, this thing is just not good. So I can pick all those bad apples off and I can take some duct tape and I can duct tape good apples on that same tree. And guess what? That tree will look nice and the apples will be good. But after a while, nothing changed. Uh, This is, for instance, true of many people's approach to working with child-headed households in the Global South or uh, street children. People love to jump on a plane, go there, and for eight days, they will wash children, feed children, play with children, and then they leave. And you know what? During those eight days, it looked good. And those kids prospered. And I, I will never deny any child the privilege of such a small token that they can receive, but the sad news is that if you go back a month later, everything looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also the problem with many developmental efforts. People say, "Let's help people," and what they do is they come in with agricultural methodologies and uh, all kind of ha- uh, in- interventions that's supposed to help people. And after a while, when they left, everything is the same again. Now, what we found is that in communities, and that's in my life and your life too, by the way, Mm -hmm. if we begin to own some of these issues, if we begin to change our beliefs, why are we in the situation where we're in? When we begin to change those beliefs, we've seen long-lasting changes. Take, for instance, uh, when I talked about street children in many other global south cities. Uh, what we found is that there's a deep belief that often it is people do not value the child. It's just not important to them. And therefore, unless children become important to the average uh, Christ follower in the local churches, they won't reach out to them. But once that begins to change and people realize they created in the image of God, that's when changes happen. Uh, one of the best illustrations of this is for in communities where often uh, the girl child is not allowed to go to school. And you said, okay, well let's try to make them take uh, girls into schools and p- a private school is formed and maybe you can get three hundred girls go to school. but guess what? There's a million others that's not in school because the community is just not geared for it. And as you begin to analyze what's going on here, you realize, while well, parents make a decision when it comes to the school age, They decided which child is worthy of education. And then you go down and see. okay, they value the boy child more than the girl child in some communities. And then you go down to the belief system and you realize, unless those root beliefs, the beliefs that God has created, male and female equal in His sight, and both are in the image of God, unless that becomes part of the whole belief system, change will never happen. So when we say in change theory that we deeply believe that the beliefs are responsible for rest, this is what we mean.
1: My guest is Gil Odendahl. Uh, His book is called Standing with the Vulnerable. By the way, Gil, who is Paul Hibbert and Muriel Elmer? Uh, Where do they fit into this discussion?
5: Uh, I had the privilege of years ago to study under uh, Paul Hebert uh, my own uh, background in intercultural study anthropology and Paul Hebert is the one uh, that uh, has been the most formative in my own uh, theological as well as uh, I would say philosophical thinking and what he has brought to me more than anything else is the awareness of the existing of what we call the excluded middle. In this book, uh, we also address that very topic. And what we mean by the excluded middle is that, you know, in a traditional worldview, uh, people will think of it, yes, there's a, a, a high God, and but then God is also very active with them in the everyday life, Uh that's where what sometimes is called magic comes in, forefather spirits, etc. But the the fact that in everyday life there's interventions and activities that have to be taken part of.
1: My guest is Gil Odendahl. Uh, we'll be back for more with Gil right after these messages on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour uh, here on the new ninety four point nine FM and AM nine fifty
0: WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Thinking about life insurance? What if you
4: could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call select quote life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $28 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance,
0: you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-218-0119. That's 1-800-218-0119. 1-800-218-0119. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states.
2: Hi, I'm Barbara Sandbeck, your host on Grace Notes, a 15-minute program that contains biblical teaching and a wide variety of music. Some of the subjects we address are why do we have trials and cultivating intimacy with God. You can listen right here on WTLN every Sunday at 2.45 p.m can't catch the whole broadcast visit our podcast on the web 24 7 on wtln.com so tune in you won't want to miss it
4: this christmas season thompson jewelers wants to remind you that you can turn your old gold jewelry into christmas cash remember wtln listeners get 10 percent more for their gold only at thompson jewelers in orlando and st cloud
0: The church in America is experiencing a famine of God's word. Hear the word of God spoken faithfully each weekday evening at 7 on Armored by Truth at the new 950 WTLN. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Gil Odendahl is
1: with us. He's in Baltimore, and uh, we're talking about his book, Standing with the Vulnerable. Gil, what did your time with Kay and Rick Warren uh, at Saddleback, uh, what did that mean to you and your career and your life?
5: Um, it, it was a privilege to be part of the peace plan at that time. Uh, I worked uh, close with, with Kay Warren. Uh, I came on board there as their a global director for the Age of the Age Initiative, which is part of my own specialization, and uh, our key project was in the Western Rwanda uh, province, we call it the Western Rwanda HIV AIDS uh, Initiative, where we succeeded in mobilizing local churches to take ownership of the AIDS uh, situation they were facing, and in a matter of three years, some 20,000 local church members were mobilized. Stigma was reduced. and they were reaching out to their fellow citizens, whether they were believers or non-believers. And in the process, also the message of Christ went out.
1: Gil Odendahl is our guest. Jill uh, I want you to talk about the fact that the proclamation and demonstration of the gospel are seamlessly integrated. I think that's one thing you really want us to take away, isn't it?
5: Yes, that's correct. Um, Often we say, well, I will serve the poor or the vulnerable so that I can get the opportunity to preach the gospel. And uh, we deeply believe, and we, through this book, try to make the point that when Christ was on earth, Jesus did not heal people so that he could preach to them. He healed them because he loved them and cared for them. Um... Doing technical interventions, whether it's in healing, uh, medical interventions, whether it is financial interventions, those are not means so that we can evangelize other people. No, those are part of God's gospel, because God indeed meant that every action we take, social action, has a gospel ramification, and every gospel proclamation has social implications. Uh, This is kind of important to me coming from, I grew up in South Africa. I'm African by birth, American by circumstances, and a Christian by the grace of God. Uh, But in the situation of apartheid, I grew up in an environment where people would preach the gospel, but had absolutely no interest in the social plight that was besetting people, and the sin of apartheid had free reign backed by those who claimed Scripture. So for me, that is an excellent example of where you've separated this ancient old Greek dualism uh, being implemented, and where they separated word and deed. Uh, One last thing on this, when we say about it's inseparable, it's not only word and deed, it's not only saying and doing, but it is being. Who I am, that's what's important, my very nature. And in this book, we try to emphasize that, that it's not simply doing word and deed next to each other, but it's who I am in Christ that becomes a fountain resulting in the rest. I used to say, word and deed is like a fruit salad. You take apples and oranges, Mm -hmm. and you mix them together, and that's the real gospel. And a colleague of mine in Rwanda challenged me and said, Dr. Gill, you can't say that because I can separate the fruit. (laughs) <laughs> it's not fruit salad. What you need is fruit juice, <laughs> because then it is truly integrated. And uh, that's why I believe with it. it's inseparable. If I'm a Christ follower, I cannot but reach out to the vulnerable. I cannot be blind to the task, uh, to the that which are, are bothering others. I am there to say, Lord, how can I help?
1: Gil Dahl is our guest. Uh, Gil, I want you to talk about World Relief, the Ministry of World Relief uh, that you're involved with. Can can you explain that work and how you got involved and what their mission is?
5: Uh, yes. Uh, I became involved about uh, almost five years ago now when I was asked to take up the position uh, of leading what we call our Integral Mission Division, Integral Missions, the dedicated to seamlessly integrate word and deed and being. World Relief, uh, our mission is to empower the local church to serve the most vulnerable. Uh, We have 27 offices in the U.S. where we resettle refugees uh, coming from what used to be called the 1040 window. And instead of going there, God is sending these people over and we can graciously minister to them. Uh, in word and deed, uh, we're also working in 16 different countries across the world, uh, where we are serving the most vulnerable. And that includes in, in Africa, in the Middle East and North Africa, as well as in Southeast Asia. Uh, world Relief is dedicated to seeing that integral mission is not something we do on the side, but it permeates every action and word of our organization.
1: How much traveling do you do? Uh,
5: A little too much, I think. Uh, It's it's about, uh, I would say, about 40% of my time as I travel. So I'm constantly in contact with people of different cultures. Uh, We do training sessions. Uh, I am part of what we call barrier analysis from time. We have programs working on... Indicators uh, to see how do we measure our mission? Uh, you know, so often in the Christian world We love to say to bull's eye, you know, we shoot the an arrow and then paint a bullseye afterwards around it and <laughs> praise God Instead of saying wait a minute. What are our specific goals? World Relief is very much committed to that And so part of my work is also to with my team to ensure that where we work in the world We are focused that truly, it's the integral, integrated approach that we do. How many languages do you speak, Gil? I just speak two fluent, and there's about three others I can help myself along in. So uh, I wish I could say I speak more.
1: Well, knowing that you uh, grew up in South Africa, Gil, I'm, oh, I love animals, love to read about them. Uh, you do have to tell me about uh, the animal life uh, as a kid growing up, were you uh, were you interested in all that, the wonderful animals of
0: Africa?
5: Uh, well, I was born about 18 kilometers from the Kruger National Park. Really? It's Sabi, yeah. Mm. And one of the stories I like to tell is I remember I was about eight years old, and we were visiting the, the, the park, and I wet my pants because I heard lions roar. <laughs> uh, and so often I think uh, today we we forget that the lion of Judah still roars <laughs> uh, for me often we, we we've made you know it becomes like a, a stuffed little lion that's the lion when we think of the lion of Judah it's a comfort Jesus you know I sleep with him and, for others it's a circus lion for others it's a lion in a zoo if I don't feed him he won't live for others it's an. Museum, you know mm-hmm. He is dead, but he was good 2,000 Years ago, and no, uh, the real Line of Judah is still roaring So, I often think back on my, my own background in South Africa uh, With that, I had the privilege Of uh, seeing a lot Of wild game mm. And also in other parts of Africa mm. Exposed to it, I never hunted But a uh, keen, keen Animal lovers
1: Were you an admirer Of Nelson Mandela?
5: Yes. Yeah, we. Uh, I actually left the country uh, many years before he came into being, but I believe, uh, into, into power. But I believe Nelson Mandela is the ultimate leader mm. uh, because he, uh, of his deep commitment to integrity and his deep commitment to peace. Uh, he was a, a man ahead of his time. I think uh, during his years, uh, he. He's by his own charismatic influence, prevented the bloodbath to take place, what could have taken place in the, the change of regimes.
1: And when you say that he had a deep commitment to integrity, uh, what does that mean? Can you expand on that?
5: His yes was yes and his no was no. Uh, when he accepted to to become the president of that country, even though at that time we were already U.S. citizens, uh, those who were there would tell you uh, he built a bridge. Uh, He was able to face those who oppressed him and illegally uh, imprisoned him. He was able to address them and not carry a grudge. I mean, how he did it, you know, uh, besides God's grace, I don't know if it was possible. Mm. He was highly respected as a man of, who could, you could uh, uh, completely trust.
1: Gil uh, Odendahl is our guest. His book is called Standing with the Vulnerable. Uh, IVP is the publisher. Uh, I want you to uh, expand on this for us, Gil. God is deeply interested, not only in our spiritual well-being but also in our physical, social, emotional, and mental well-being. Can you expand on that for us? Uh,
5: Yes. Uh, You know, uh, in the life of Jesus, if if he had a mission statement when he came to planet Earth, his mission statement, in my opinion, would have been in Luke chapter uh, 4, where he said, we're quoted from Isaiah 61, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus never had a narrow, focused, quote-unquote, evangelistic thrust only. His concern was for an entire person. When you look in his life, his ministry, um, when he sent out the 12, he sent them out to heal and to proclaim the gospel. When he sent out the 70, he said, proclaim the gospel and drive out demons and heal people. When he himself went out, we read in Matthew 9, he went out proclaiming the good news and healing every disease. So there was never a separation of this. He cared for people. He cared for their physical well-being. As we go back even to the roots, all through Scripture, the Old Testament, do we see a compassionate God that cares about the whole person, not only eternal destinies. Unfortunately, I think, um, through the history of the Church, we have narrowed down what we thought Jesus wanted to do. And uh, another thing, this book, uh, Standing with the Vulnerable, is simply recapturing, and you'll see it is full of scripture, and people are challenged to have their Bible with them as they go through this work, to remind us that God cares deeply about the physical well-being, emotional well-being, social well-being of communities. Uh, Just exposition of passages like Isaiah 58, for instance, which is a precursor to Isaiah 61, which I just quoted earlier, uh, explains that again when it says that God says, the kind of fasting I want is not just worshiping me. Yes, I like that. But he says, uh, it is to help people who don't have a house to get a house, to have people who are not clothed to get clothed, to help people who don't have food to eat to have something to eat. I'm deeply interested in that. That's what we have to recover. Not something new, uh, and it doesn't uh, make the power of the gospel any less. I speak as an individual that as an adult met Christ in a very personal, strong way. And so I'm deeply committed to see people embracing him as their savior. But I'm so thankful that he's much more than just giving me a ticket to heaven. He came to redeem and to give us fullness of life. He wants us to prosper.
1: By the way, in closing, uh, how did you end up living in Baltimore, Gil?
5: (laughs) Well, uh, we moved out here because Wilton Leaves' uh, headquarters are located here in Baltimore.
1: I see. Okay.
5: And so even though we, we were for many years California residents, and we still consider California our home state since we moved to the states, uh, we, we moved over here because Walter Leaves' home office is located here.
1: My guest has been Gil Odendahl. The book is called Standing with the Vulnerable. Uh, we've got to wrap up right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's the new 94.9 FM and AM 950
0: WTLN in Orlando. Stay with us. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN
4: new at the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN, Addison's Walk. Saturday afternoons at 4.
0: Welcome to Addison's Walk. This is Michael Phillips. I am the headmaster of Smith Prep and I am the host of Addison's Walk. We are right now in the process of introducing the subject of what is the church. A few questions that are as important as this one. It's going to be a lively discussion. I'm excited about it.
4: All new Saturday afternoons at 4. Addison's Walk. Only on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Addison's Walk is a ministry of the Smith Prep Education Foundation.
0: You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat.
1: Thanks for joining us, folks, on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Uh, Krista Black-Gifford was our guest in the first half hour uh, from her home in Nashville. And then Gil Odendahl plugged in with us from Baltimore. Uh, talking about his latest work, Standing with the Vulnerable. Uh, I have a new book that's uh, come out this fall. It's simply called Humility, Uh, The Power, Really, The Impact of a Humble Spirit. Uh, It's in bookstores now, and uh, Amazon.com, always a marvelous way to order books as well. I hope you have a wonderful day at church tomorrow with your family, and then uh, a terrific week ahead. And enjoy this beautiful fall weather. That's why we all live down here in Central Florida, for this kind of weather. Uh, I'm Pat Williams. You're listening to the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN in Orlando.
0: Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason, the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN.
4: You know, focus on the family. How has it helped you and your family? My son is now grown, and I can honestly say we have the freedom to be great friends. Thanks to God's help and Focus on the family.
3: This Christmas, you can give back to Focus with a donation to provide resources that help even more families know God's design for marriage, parenting and more.
4: Resources that bring couples closer to each other, children closer to parents, and families closer to God's design.
3: This Christmas, your tax-deductible gift will be matched by a grant to double your impact. It's a great way to say thank you to Focus for all they've done for you and your family just log on to our station website and use the keyword family
4: christmas brings families together we help keep them together
3: just log on to our station website and use the keyword
2: family
4: remember your tax deductible gift will be matched by a grant to double your impact so please give today go online to wtln.com search keyword family that's wtln.com keyword family and thank you
0: The intersection of faith and reason. The new 94.9 FM and AM 950, WTLN, Orlando. A service of Salem Media Group.